0: Mastermind.fm is proudly sponsored by Liquid Web. While Liquid Web has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options, it's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the partner you've been waiting for. Now with Visual Compare, at first in the Manage WordPress space, automatically updates your plugins. Each night we take a snapshot and visually compare the difference between each plugin. If there's no visual difference, we update the plugin for you. If there is a visual difference, we hold off updating that plugin and wait for your direction. Every Liquid Web Managed WordPress customer also has iTheme Sync integrated into their management portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. And if you sign up today using the discount code MASTERMIND33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com forward slash managed WordPress to get started. hello
1: everyone and welcome to mastermind.fm this is jean galea and today we've got a new concept in store for you we've got two guest hosts what this means is that neither me and james were present on this episode but we're going to be doing this every now and then to make sure that the show uh, guarantees its continuity and it doesn't overly depend on both myself and james and also to be able to tackle topics in which neither me and James are super familiar with. So, without further ado, here's our first experimental episode with Donna Kamigloin from WordSkill and Mark Zaire from WP Mayor and WP RSS Aggregator. Hope you enjoy it, and if you have any feedback, please let us know podcast at mastermind.fm or mastermindfm on Twitter.
2: Hi, welcome to MastermindFM. I'm Donica McLoyne of WordSkill.com and I'm chatting with Mark Zahra of WPMayor.com. Hi Mark, how you doing? Hi,
3: I'm good Donica. And you?
2: Uh, pretty good. We've got a lot to chat about today, huh?
3: Yeah, for sure. A of subjects.
2: <laughs> okay. You know, the, something that I know very little about, which you know a great deal about, and I'm looking forward to finding out stuff, is the Gutenberg project, or the, sorry, the Gutenberg adaption to WordPress. What's the actual official title for it?
3: Right now it's a plugin part. I know it's going to be a part of Core as of version 5.0. Um, But for now, it's in beta, just a plugin that anyone can download and test out, not on live sites. So they make it clear that it's a beta version and it's not meant to be used on live sites for various reasons.
2: So it's going to be a separate plugin. It's not going to be something that comes with WordPress, you know, out of the box.
3: At the moment, it's a separate plugin as version Mm 0.7.0. But in the future, probably I think in a year's time, they said it's going to be a part of core.
2: And is everybody tremendously happy about this?
3: From what I'm saying, not really. I mean, the <laughs> feedback so far is good with regards to, and the feedback is good with regards to it's going in the right direction. So we're changing the UI, we're improving it, we're improving the user experience for creating a post at least. But the negative feedback, I think, mostly from uh, plugin and team developers. Seeing as one of the plugin developers for WPR, Segregator, and EDD Bookings, looking at beta boxes alone, for example, that's a big question as to what's going to happen there.
2: All right. Let me ask you, okay, so first of all, was there some sort of huge demand for this? Explain to us what it does. What does Gutenberg actually do?
3: So at the moment, Gutenberg is a post editor, so it replaces a post editor. From their explanations, it's going to be replacing post and page editors, both of them. Mm-hmm. So there'll be some sort of drag and drop in the future, I guess. Yeah, but right now so it's focused on posts. For version one, as far as I know, it's going to be single column, so you can just use what they're calling blocks mm-hmm. so you can edit edit the post using blocks everything's a block a header uh, content image embeds
2: so to me this sounds incredibly like page builders
3: it is going into page builders that's the way i'm saying it it's taking the idea of a page builder putting it into a post for now then going into a page and probably in the future going into entire things
2: so this is in a sense this is going right into the territory of existing plugins most of which i believe are paid and at some point when they integrate it into Core, this will become a standard feature, and it will in effect do what's called Sherlocking. Uh, Sherlocking is a term uh, referring to the Mac world, where at some stage Apple introduced certain features into Mac OS that already existed as functionality in paid programs. And so the first app that this really happened to in a big way was uh, an app called Sherlock, And the people who ran a company based on Sherlock, they were basically out of business as a result. And so from then on, it became known that, uh, you know, people became very aware that if you're developing something for the Mac, you have to really think carefully about, is this functionality something that Apple is likely to at some stage integrate into the, uh, or not integrate, but, but, but basically have the same functionality inside the OS. So it's called Sherlocking. And so what I'm wondering is, is how have the page builders in the WordPress world reacted to this Sherlocking of their functionality?
3: Right, so I've seen uh, some feedback on posts and a bit on, on GitHub as well. I think the feedback overall is good in the sense that WordPress is moving in the right direction. Mm. But then there's a lot of questions going into what happens once it's introduced into the core, will it compete, and how will it compete with a page builder? And if you take page builders like Elementor and Beaver Builder, they're established. They've got much more features than what. Gutenberg has and I think plans to have. Mm-hmm. It can do a lot more already sort the powerful, it's established, they have their own communities, they have their own extensions. I don't know exactly how they plan to integrate it too And I can't understand how they will be able to integrate it too to be honest. So are
2: the are these developers of things like Beaver Builder, are they feeling pretty confident that the, the people who today are buying their page builders will continue to do so because they'll have that many more features? Or are they sort of aware that for, you know, ninety-nine percent of the market probably whatever WordPress provides out of the box is going to be enough and that it doesn't matter if they have 100 extra features for their page builders. In essence, it's going to be very hard to get people to reach into their wallets for that, you know, those extra features.
3: Yeah, uh, I haven't spoken to any of the developers themselves, so I can't really say from their perspective. But for me, there's a long way to go before Gutenberg can compete with, with any of them. Uh, in the future, possibly, especially for new users, Gutenberg might be enough for a basic site. Mm-hmm. So you might not need something like, like Beaver Builder where you have to pay. Uh-huh. But I don't see it being anytime soon. I mean, Gutenberg is so far behind right now. There's so many issues going on. The fact that it's focusing on the post editor right now, the meter boxes issue, the accessibility issue, it, there's a lot to go into it. I don't see it being established anytime soon.
2: Right. And so um, what is the accessibility issue?
3: So, Accessibility is not the most important aspect of any plugin, in my opinion, uh, or theme. From what I understood, they haven't focused on accessibility yet for Gutenberg. So the way the, the blocks are added, for example, apparently there's no way to do it via keyboard, for example. So I don't think that's been considered yet to the extent that it should be.
2: So is it fair to say that Matt Mullenweg hates disabled people?
3: i won't comment but i'd say
2: no <laughs> <laughs> no just joking just joking um okay so so when you were saying that a lot of people are welcoming it obviously it sounds as if the main people who have an objection are the plugin developers but that for most people they see this as moving in the right direction that this is functionality that should exist in core and that uh, i mean obviously people are looking forward to some sort of future i mean there's a limit to what you can do with the cms to a certain extent and that if it is seen that this is something that should be there if this is what people actually want i guess it makes sense you know and i guess calling it gutenberg it's a little bit grandiose but maybe it makes sense that uh, that maybe the first generation of CMSs were more about replicating what we know from print in the same way that the first generation of websites were about replicating paper brochures or whatever. And now we're moving into a world where people do want to format, that the same person who sits down and says, I've got a great idea for a blog post, are automatically also going to be thinking in terms of a, a more complicated layout. Yeah, I think
3: design is going to come, come into it more with this. I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction, honestly. So I don't have any against the development, but I don't have any against the idea behind it. I don't agree with the way certain things are being done. So even the fact like there's a, there's a, co- a track ticket for telemetry, for example, that, that's caused a bit of discussion in the past few days. Yeah, so telemetry is basically gathering user data and figuring out how people are actually using your tools, whatever it is. Speaking for myself, with EDD Bookings, we developed this plugin over two years ago now for, for the first time. And we did this without much user research, without gathering really enough feedback from the people who want to use it. And we made a mistake there because basically we got to the current version, which is now stuck to a certain extent. So it can't really be developed further. So as of about eight, nine months ago, we took a completely different approach. We went into user research, competitor research, and we actually figured out what people want, what people need. Then from there, we planned some of the back-end, then we was to plan some of the UI and UX, and now we're in development. And so with Gutenberg, I haven't seen that yet. So I mean, they might have done research for UI, UX, everything, but it hasn't been shared, or at least I haven't found it yet.
2: Okay, but I just wanted to say, yes, uh, you showed me the most recent set of slides for WP Booking, and it's looking very good. It's looking like a, a slick product at this stage.
3: Yeah, and we're, we're very proud of it. We're introducing a new concept of availability in a way that I think is going to be very good, a very good user experience. Ah. So um, we're very excited about that. That's coming in about two months' time. We'll have the first version out, and then we'll keep building uh-huh. on that.
2: Okay. So with telemetry, so this is would this be as advanced as some of the services that I've seen, which you can you install a plugin into your uh, you know or you you install a, a line of JavaScript or whatever into your web page, and you can then later on see exactly what people did on your website. You can see where their mouse moved. You can see how they scrolled the page, where they went. Is that essentially what they were proposing to put into WordPress?
3: I don't believe so. I don't think it's that sort of data that they're looking to collect. There's various suggestions, so no one has really gone into detail yet about what should be done and what shouldn't be done. There's been talk about uh, using outside sources to, to do this research. Um, there's talk about, of course, who's going to collect the data and where it's going to be stored because at first it was looking like automatic would store oh, this. Nice. <laughs> but then there's the question that auto- automatic is a privately owned entity and how does that make sense? How is it even if it's accessible to the rest of the community, and as, su- as such it's still owned by a company, so it's of the community as such.
2: So, um, so how advanced would this stuff be? Would this be more or less the same kind of data you get from Google Analytics?
3: I'm not sure, to be honest. It really depends on what they consider to be useful data to improve what they're building on. For us, for example, it would make sense to track how people are using our Availability Builder. Mm-hmm. But for gutenberg i think it covers so many aspects at least in the post editor you have post meta you have, you have meta boxes you have all the settings for the post it covers a lot of things so i'm not sure exactly how they would do that
2: but for you as somebody creating a paid product with wp booking or wp rss aggregator would it really be a good idea to share that information by default with automatic who it seems i mean as we said that they they seem to be sherlocking the page builders uh, is there a chance that in the future they could become a competitor? Uh, I mean, I, I would guess that given that they own WooCommerce, I would guess that at some stage they're going to do some sort of booking thing. They're already doing uh, uh, Woo bookings, right? Yeah, they already have. that. Yeah. So is it a good idea to, for, for them to be holding that information that they, uh, in fact, they're probably even better equipped to dive into your data and uh, you know derive knowledge from it?
3: So the question is whether we should share it automatically? automatic?
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, does that set alarm bells ringing for you? Or do you think that, nah, they're not going to do that much with it?
3: I don't know what they can do with it. To be honest, it would be useful to them. Obviously, they see how they're using, how people are using our plugin. What's different in ours to theirs? We have a, quite a big difference between easy bookings and WooCommerce bookings. We saw a lot of complaints about WooCommerce bookings, and uh, we try to address those within our own plugin. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know what they can do with it as such, given that it's a completely different approach.
2: Is it not the case that uh, for them, when they're doing their competitor research, just as you did yours, uh, that if they happen to have the exact traffic stats for each and every single competitor, you know, I mean, at the moment, if you happen to have Jetpack, you know, installed in the website that you're using for EDD bookings, is it not the case that for them, if they're looking at all, you know, 50 people who are producing some sort of WordPress bookings plugin, that they're going to notice before anybody else if one particular uh, plugin is, is getting a lot more traffic or getting a lot more people going to its sales page.
3: Yeah, for sure. But why would we share our feedback with someone like Automatic?
2: Well, if if telemetry becomes part of WordPress and if it is by default storing that data uh, via Automatic, then they have that information.
3: Right, well, I don't know if they're going to be collecting telemetry from uh, feedback from all plugins. I think it's more focused on the core functionality of WordPress.
2: Okay, okay, so there would be a wall that would stop them seeing what's happening with individual websites
3: i would expect there to be i don't know i don't think they should be collecting especially if it's automatic i don't think they should be collecting user data from plugins that should be handled by the plugins as a separate option for tracking within a plugin and that goes to the plugin owner
2: i'm not talking about your plugin specifically i'm saying that you have a website for edd bookings right Mm -hmm. and if it becomes a core part of wordpress that it is phoning home to automatic and storing this information supposedly for your use but actually, I mean, they as the hosts of that information, for, unless there's some sort of technical way to restrict it, they have that information automatically. The same as if you had Jetpack installed in your website. That I th- As far as I understand it, any website that has uh, Jetpack installed is going to be delivering some sort of usage or, or traffic stats too, automatic, right?
3: Right. So That could possibly be, yeah, it could be a bit problematic. It depends to what extent they collect data.
2: Okay. And, and to what extent do you trust them? <laughs> so as a potential competitor? I
3: don't really know how to answer that, to be honest. I wouldn't want them seeing how many people are visiting our site, what aspects of the site, what, what focus areas are, are important to the users, that's not something I would want to share. So if I have a features page, for example, I wouldn't want them seeing what they're focusing on.
2: So if this is, is a possible concern for Mark and EDD bookings, should that not be a concern for all WordPress users?
3: Without a doubt, yeah.
2: Okay, okay. How do you feel about Jetpack, by the way? Do you, do you use it on most of your sites?
3: We do. We do use it on most of our sites, um, mostly for tracking some stats, even though we use Google Analytics to be more specific then. And I use it on some of the smaller sites for things like social sharing, um, thinking about image optimization, just simple things.
2: Uh-huh. Have you noticed with Jetpack, when you install it, it creates a new admin user called Photomat?
3: Nope.
2: <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That would be the <laughs> thing.
2: So how does, how does Gutenberg compare to Calypso in terms of the, the technology that it uses? Is Gutenberg part of the same, you know, learn JavaScript deeply kind of philosophy?
3: Right. I think it has something to do with it for sure. So Matt said learn JavaScript deeply. The first introduction of JavaScript was Calypso. And that, in my opinion, is doing well. I've used it a bit as well. And I like the experience with it. Uh, I think Gutenberg is the next step in that. I think that's why Matt was pushing it a lot a few years ago. So he, I think he knew what was coming, even though he didn't reveal much. So he was sort of preparing the community, telling them, listen, JavaScript is the future, so you should be focusing on that. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know how they're going to be used together or if they're going to be used together. That would be interesting to see how, how that will develop in the future.
2: But what does it tell us about the direction that uh, WordPress is moving in? And I, I would say in particular... How does this play into the overall strategy for WordPress.com or for Automatic?
3: Right, so I think they're trying to modernize WordPress. So we're saying what Squarespace and Wix are doing and other, other website builders. And you see that it's a different experience, more modern experience in a way, for, for the user. They say that they don't want to compete. They want to completely overtake any competitor. So what they're building, with, they're building something with the aim of taking over the space, not just competing with something that's already out there.
2: hmm Okay, and so in terms of the technologies that they're using, it's mainly, it's React is behind Calypso, is that
3: correct? I'm not sure what Calypso, Gutenberg is in React.
2: Okay, so that that is primarily a Facebook technology?
3: I'm not exactly sure about that to be honest.
2: I'm always very curious about what the end game is for automatic, and, and I sort of had, had the theory for a while that they are going to be one of the great jewels, uh, one of the great chess pieces that the really large companies like Amazon, Google, and Facebook will compete for at some stage. Because, you know, I mean, even just in terms of the brand name, WordPress, there could not be a better name for your, you know, consumer facing, you know, writing oriented service. And I've no doubt whatsoever that, I mean, they say that today WordPress is roughly a third of all websites. Now that's WordPress.com and WordPress.org, but I've I've got a very strong feeling that a lot of these moves, like Gutenberg, like Calypso, like Jetpack, are designed to sort of pull the WordPress.org sites into the .com orbit, so that even when you have hosted WordPress sites, that they are in effect part of the 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 WordPress world, that there are deep hooks into uh, into them, and that that will create a very attractive. Uh, thing for say Google to get in charge of if Google want to overnight add an awful lot of scale to their service to their Google Cloud platform that acquiring something like WordPress would be an absolute boost for them and they also they get the name and it's one of the few names I mean Google usually when they acquire things they get rid of the name and they just rebrand it as a Google thing but I think WordPress is one of those names one of the few names that would survive Uh, if they bought Squarespace if they bought Wix if they bought any of those guys those brands are gone WordPress however it's 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 an iconic brand name uh, and I could also see a situation where, for them, you can see with uh, with Matt Mullenweg that he is sort of being uh, groomed, I guess, for a sort of future kind of greatness. In ter- well, how old is he now? He's about 30-something? I believe so. Yeah, I could see a situation where he would be seen as, a, as you know, he's the sort of, I guess, the celebrity CEO kind of uh, genre of of ceos and i could see a situation where maybe in, in you know 10 15 20 years time he could be in the line of succession for a company like google that that would be seen as as a sort of an acquihire almost you know pay a few billion for for wordpress and get Mullenweg as part of the deal
3: i hadn't thought of that thought of it that way until you mentioned it but the, thing, the direction they're taking now i mean they've taken over woocommerce they They've just back they to to hosting. Uh, now WordPress.com is introducing plugins as well. They can install, install some of plugins there as well. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how far that's going to go. So, I mean, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And WordPress name is, is a strong name. It's, there's no doubt behind that. Everyone knows what WordPress is. And uh, I think, yeah, it would be a massive asset to any company like google or anything like
2: that yeah i mean part of that thing is about organizing all the information of the world and uh i think wordpress you know with it it's it sort of almost I, and actually indeed the the the, the idea of Gutenberg, you know the very idea of going back to the printing press it's the sort of grandiose you know association that, that would appeal to google i think yeah
3: it seems like it so far it it's good it's gonna be an interesting few years next coming up.
2: But so if you start, if you start to look at it that way, I mean, if you start to look at it that way and you look at things like Gutenberg and you look at things like Calypso, I'm inclined to think that there is a strategy behind this. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for, for WordPress.org or, you know, the WordPress project as a whole in that obviously, there's a sort of a shared interest on the part of the project and on the part of Automatic to make WordPress as big as possible. But I think it's always very interesting to look and to watch and to be aware of the company, the the strategic importance of what they do, that there is a kind of a long-term thing. And so when we get frustrated, I think you were saying that you were quite frustrated with telemetry being pulled out of of core in in this go-round you know, it's kind of useful to think about, well, there might be reasons for that or they might want to do it in a particular way and the way that it was going as part of the main project. Because, of course, the main people contributing code to the main project, uh, unless they're pretty high up and automatic as well, they're not going to be that aware of the overall strategy.
3: Yeah, so I, I, hold, I to where the overall strategy is going to go. Like with telemetry, I get it. Like, there's a lot that needs to go into it. You know, it's like something you're going to, just going to introduce now and just, it's going to work. It's something that needs a little research. It's something that needs a lot of planning to go into it. Um, So that's, I guess, a whole subject, a whole topic in itself to go into separately. I mean, WordPress are focused on three areas for for 2017. Uh, The customizer and uh, Gutenberg uh, and the third area right now, the REST API. So yeah, I guess, I mean, you have a a small team as such that's, that's focused on all this. So having them work on multiple projects at once and then you reduce telemetry, so yeah, that's a difficult thing to do. Hmm.
2: I guess they're they're kind of staking out the main areas of functionality that are going to be important to anybody publishing, and they're trying to make sure that they have you know the best solution that somebody else doesn't. I mean, you know, if Squarespace suddenly comes out and one of their bragging rights is that we have fantastic telemetry, you know, monitor what's going on in your website, know what's going on, know what's happening with your traffic, that that would be um, uh, you know a real commercial asset for them to have against WordPress. Say, did you? What do you make of the this new thing that WordPress.com for the first time ever? are now allowing uh, business customers at this stage only uh, to install plugins and themes. What do you make of that?
3: It's good for plugin developers, in a way. We have, we have a plugin on WordPress.org, so having users WordPress.com users use that plugin as well. It's interesting. We've already had customers bring it up to us, so they're telling us, listen, WordPress.com says we can install plugins. can <laughs> we install yours? Uh-huh. Why can't we install your premium add-ons? And then the whole question of whether premium add-ons are going to be accepted in WordPress.com. Because right now they're not. Obviously, it's just a door.
2: You've got to guess that for WordPress.com support, this is something that they're always dealing with. And now they've turned a problem—you know, something where they have to say to customers, "I'm sorry, you can't do that." They've now turned it into an upsell, where they can say, "Well, yes, you can do that, but you need to get our what is it, $250 a year? Oh no, what is it? I think it's about 200 and about well, $300 a year, isn't it? A business package in order to install your own plugins. Is that correct?
3: I'm not sure about the price exactly. I know it's somewhere in that region.
2: Uh-huh.
3: But there's a, a problem as well. So most people who install a core plugin, unless it's something that's free and easy to use, most of them have a premium model. So you'd have a premium add-on that you want to use. So with our aggregator plugin, you have something like feed to post. If someone wants to use it on WordPress.com, they can't. Uh-huh. So I'm sure there's support their also having to handle something like this. Right. So uh-huh. someone would come, come up to WordPress.com, see it's brilliant, all right, if I use a business plan, I can install plugins, all right, that's perfect. You install a plugin, and then you realize the premium add-on, you can't get that. So what's the point of be WordPress.com site? Right. Uh-huh. Why am I paying that much money if I can just go to WordPress.org, get it self-hosted, and handle everything myself?
2: Oh, right. So, so, so it would have been a pretty major disadvantage for WordPress.com paid.
3: To not have premium add-on?
2: Yes. Th- th- that would have been a thing where people are saying, well, why are we paying the same as we would pay with uh, WP Engine? And yet we can't even install plugins. I can see the way that they would have lost a lot of business customers because of that.
3: That's the way I see it. I mean... This has, I've, I've myself had to go to WordPress.com and ask their support exactly what's happening with plugins because even just from the documentation and the description, it wasn't clear as to what can be done. Then eventually it doesn't make clear to me, and I believe it's been added to their site as well, that it's just certain .org plugins. Right, aha. Uh-huh. But yeah, I see it as a, as a negative point in, in a way because uh, while it's beneficial to have certain uh, major .org plugins available for WordPress.com site. There's a lot of premium plugins in WordPress that do a lot of good work.
2: Right, yeah, yeah, sure. How are you
3: going to choose which ones can be um, used on WordPress.com site? When are you going to do that? Are you going to do that? It's not really clear what's going on there.
2: So a big question that I think everybody must be having right now is, is WordPress.com about to eat the entire managed WordPress space?
3: I personally don't think it will. I think there's a a lot of good managed hosting out there. If it's someone who's coming to WordPress for the first time, and they don't exactly know how to build a website, WordPress.com is the most attractive option, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you have everything in one go. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hosted there. They're handling everything for you. You can get support in one place. You can get install plugins in one place. You can find themes in one place. It's like one simple marketplace or area where you can find everything you need. But if it's someone who wants to go into a bit more detail, a bit more control, then self hosted better.
2: But again I think it's the brand name is way more important here than most uh, technical guys would would realize in that you know when you talk to a client and you do, you, you know you just you're, you know you're having a discussion and all they're really hearing is blah 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 blah, WordPress blah 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 blah, blah, blah WordPress that what they're going to do is they're going to go off and they're going to look at wordpress.com and and I I can see a situation where I mean at the moment I think the biggest spend for most of these guys is uh is marketing, you know, for WP Engine and for all these guys, it's affiliate fees and marketing and all sorts of advertising and podcast, uh, you know, sponsorship, all that stuff. And yet, WordPress.com, out of the box, without spending a penny on marketing, is a bigger name. And so, what happens now? I mean, I, you know, not that WordPress doesn't market. I think that they, yeah, I've heard them uh, sponsoring a, a couple of good podcasts. But when they turn around now and they have the added incentive that they're that they're chasing this you know, billion-dollar market of, uh, you know, managed WordPress hosting, they could end up knocking everybody else out of the water entirely.
3: Yeah, it's a massive benefit for them. I don't see that they can go over the, the entire managed hosting space just as yet.
2: Well, no, I, I mean, there's always inertia. There's always people who are, are already going to be with uh, WP Engine. or And I mean, I'm mean, i very impressed by Flywheel is another other example. Uh, although, of course, obviously, for my own part, I would never use uh, WordPress managed hosting because I think that the job that they do, all of them, is actually not that good. I think that it's uh, if you with a little bit of knowledge, you can do a better job for your own sites at, you know, far, far cheaper. But I can see a situation where WordPress would have to scale. And again, if you think about it in terms of their plan, the fact that they're already of such massive scale and that potentially in the future, they're going to keep growing and that eventually they might become a major asset for you know, Amazon or for Google or whatever, you could see a situation where in terms of automation, in terms of uh, sheer scale, uh, in terms of uh, spreading their overall cost in terms of expertise, in terms of people, even in terms of marketing, in terms of spreading that among so many potential customers, that it just won't be a competitive proposition for WP Engine or, or those guys in the longer term.
3: Yeah, they're definitely gonna find it tougher in the future uh, when it comes to managed hosting and anything like that. They're, I think they will really struggle to keep up. As you said, WordPress has a name, they have a community behind it. If someone looks up WordPress, first thing that comes up is WordPress.com hosting, so automatically you think, that's easy, let's go, let's get it done. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot more education in a way to teach them that, listen, uh, you can get this done via uh, another host on WordPress.org, and they explain what WordPress.org is and how hosting works and how a domain name works. It's a lot more work for a new
2: user. I'd be very curious to hear. I mean, I, I don't think any, you know, WordPress managed hosting uh, company would actually reveal their true thoughts on it. But I'd be very interested to hear the extent to which they know that right now an awful lot of their uh, selling, their u- sort of unique selling point is that they can say, oh, well, we are, we are who you should use if you want to use plugins. Like, I'd be very interested to see. I I think that today, I think an awful lot of the people who turn up at WP Engine are possibly people who started out on WP.com and who, upon discovering they couldn't do the plugins, had to move somewhere else. And of course, we wouldn't know that. There's no way for us to find that out. But I'm guessing, I have a hunch that maybe half of their their customers come from, they're refugees from WP.com. And that's not happening anymore. What's going to be happening now is that from the minute that you start using WP.com in any sense that you're going to be getting an upsell, that you're going to be constantly reminded that there are advantages to going pro, you know, to paying for a business account. And I think that that's going to funnel off all of those refugees.
3: Interesting thing. Yeah, I don't know if it will go to that extent, to be honest, at least not for the time being. I think WordPress.com hosting is, in a way, it's, it's a bit further back for support of plugins, support of themes. Something like WP Engine, as you said, it's a, it's a possible route they can take for marketing in a way that you promote the fact that yeah, you can install any plugin, any theme you want. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't seen that done as such. So it could be something they they might be thinking about.
2: Well, I'd say watch this space. It's going to get interesting. I I always think that with automatic, they they take an awfully long time to get going. But when they get going, they uh, you know they don't hold back. And uh, I I think that it's been in the works for a while. They look at things. I saw this when they introduced restaurant uh, themed uh, websites and and uh, the hotel themed ones, that. They were moving terribly, terribly slow, but that they—that's that, how they are as a company. That they, they take their time to do it properly, and I—I I think they're going to be a formidable competitor in that space for sure, no doubt about it.
3: They're expanding into so many different areas. They're going into the e-commerce. They're going to hosting. Now they're—they're they're introducing uh, Gutenberg. So yeah, it's—I think they—they they have a plan to sort of take over a bit, and uh, I think make WordPress for a more complete product rather than relying on third parties.
2: And again, I think that underlying that is the plan that that they're looking five, 10 years down the road about the fact that they are, I mean, they are already, of course, an acquisition target, but uh, not for the amount that they would want. And they've got some, they've got some very high level investors behind them. Uh, And I think that at some point, what what did we hear recently that there's a valuation of automatic that is that it's 2 billion or something? Is that correct? I know it was north of a billion. I'm
3: not sure. It is
2: supposedly, you know, of a valuation of a well over a billion. And you could easily see a situation where over the next five, 10 years, they've really crystallized that, you know, by moving into e-commerce, by moving into into premium hosting. Uh, and I think you're going to see an awfully interesting financial thing in, in a few years' time. And it'll be fascinating to see what happens with the WordPress project as a whole, if that happens, you know. Is there going to be horror at the idea of being bought out by, I mean, my God, what if it was Facebook? That would be interesting.
3: Uh, looking forward to next few years for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a time of change right now. I think there's so many things going on. There's... That- E-commerce, I mean, WooCommerce is taking over, it's, I believe, the most used e-commerce system out there. WordPress is growing, it's going to JS, it's becoming more modern. I think, like you said, they've, they're on a roll right now and they, they should keep going I to see where it's going to go.
2: But how about, so for you as a plugin maker, what happens if they start to say, I mean, we already had the case with uh, the with WP Engine and these guys where there were certain plugins that they were not happy to have you use. And, uh, so you know, often the excuse would be, well, this is a is a resource hog, or this is not a well written plugin, or you know you don't need a caching plugin if you're using uh, um, our system because we already give you the caching. What happens though if WordPress, in their case, WordPress.com, start to say, well, we have a preferred RSS aggregator plugin, or we have a preferred booking plugin? Uh, what happens if they if they say, hey, you know what, you're free to use any e-commerce plugin that you want, WordPress is open source and you can go to any host, but if you want to use WordPress.com hosting, you can only use WooCommerce, you can't use the other competitors. What happens if they start doing that?
3: I think it goes back to what you mentioned earlier, with sure looking. So it's a, it's a way it's a worry for us, because then like RSS, everyone's saying it, it's a dying technology. We're not saying it die off. (laughs) We're saying it go up in in use. Mm -hmm. So if they realize that that, that's for example content importing is something that's being used a lot, and they introduce some sort of feature, at least in a limited way, to WordPress.com, then yeah, it's a a competition for us. So we have to offer something bigger than what we already do. We already have a massive feature set, but
2: But what will you do if you start coming up against a situation where in the future, you know, WordPress.com becomes sufficiently dominant against the other hosting options and uh, you've got customers coming to you and they're saying, well, we want to use your plugin, but to us, it's more important to stick with our WordPress.com account and so we're not going to use your plugin. What happens if, for instance, automatics say, well, we'd be willing to list your plugin as one of our used plugins, but we want 30% or, you know, you could see a lot of, a lot of different permutations on that where, you know, under the guise of it being a way of kind of assessing and, uh, uh, you know, authorizing certain plugins of, of saying that, okay, we're willing to officially certify that WP-RSS aggregator is a, a good plugin, but we get 30% of every plugin that you sell to WordPress.com users. Is that something that you could see happening?
3: In that sense, that becomes sort of, sort of a marketplace.
2: Yeah, the same as Apple in iOS.
3: Yeah. Well, look, if it increases sales for us in the sense that if we don't do it, WordPress.com users can't use our plugin, mm-hmm. that's something you have to consider. If it's a case of the customer deciding between WordPress.com or WordPress.org based on plugins, then I would think they would offer WordPress of So They have the availability of third-party third-party team.
2: Okay, so so by introducing plugins, what WordPress are doing is they're addressing the problem that by not doing plugins, they were losing they were losing uh, business customers. But is it possible that they could address that problem by having a limited selection of plugins, where they turn around to people and say, Yep. We, we do, you can use an SEO plugin, but you have to use this SEO plugin or this RSS plugin or this, and, and, and where they're going to be confident enough to say that we can hang on to those customers. I mean, it will still technically be possible for somebody to go off and do, you know, .org somewhere else that they'll be able to go off and go to WP Engine or whatever. But is it possible that in the realities of the market that for most users, most business users, they're going to stick with the big name who are telling them, yes you should use this plugin and not that one does that give them an incredibly strong power against independent plugin makers
3: it does for sure I mean, they have the option of either building the plugin themselves for they can even fork it and sell it for themselves they can create a marketplace in a way and uh we'll sell our plugin through to WordPress.com com users and they get a commission possibly who knows they will open it up for third party plugins uh-huh. without any commission or marketplace i don't see it happening but a possibility. Uh-huh.
2: I think it's it's going to be very interesting, but the, the weird thing when you say you don't see it happening, I don't know, I kind of look at the situation and I say, you know, they have a fiduciary responsibility to obviously make WordPress.com as profitable as possible, uh, you know, as profitable as they can. And uh, I, I would see that as being a natural thing where if people are willing to pay an upgrade for functionality, which is what a plugin is, if you think about it, um, that uh, in a sense, why should they not grab that marketplace? And, you know, this is something where I, I sort of remember maybe five years ago, I wrote a piece for the post status. They did, were doing a magazine and I wrote a piece saying that WordPress should do an app store, that that would be a great thing. And it was something I know I, I sort of at the time, I remember I've been being completely bewildered that they weren't pursuing that market because it seemed like such an obvious way to make money and to help plug makers. But now that I look back at it, and I kind of see that actually that would have been way too early and it would have been it would have been thinking way too small. Why even let? plugin developers, I mean, in a sense, there's no reason why they shouldn't just start hiring up as many developers as possible and creating their own versions of all the major plugins. You know, why allow Yoast onto their platform if they can have their own SEO plugin and charge more for
3: it? Yeah, but then WordPress is an open source community and if you do that, you're pissing off so many people. you're You're pushing away so many top developers, so many top plugin owners, team owners. You're losing that sense of a community.
2: I mean, does it matter anymore? I mean, look at the way that they 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 doubled the renewal price of uh, WooCommerce, and you had a situation there where far from people saying, "Well, what about the you know, what about the rights of the people who bought it or whatever." Uh, most developers seem to be saying, hey, this is great news, we can all double, (laughs) we can all make more money, you know, more money. It doesn't seem as if there's a lot of people out there saying, well, hang on a second, is this fair to the user? And of course, the rights and the freedoms of the user is what GPL was all about in the first place. So I kind of get the sense that as it's become more commercialized, I think there's not that many people, I think the WordPress community as such, when when you see things happening like that, there wasn't a lot of outcry. And so I'm inclined to think that what they're realizing is that, in a sense, they can make moves now that they couldn't have made five years ago.
3: That's true. And WooCommerce is proof of it. While there was a bit of an outcry with regards to the price going up and some people saying they're going to move away, I think, like, given the, the, the increase in price, the majority of them will stay on because they see the value in the plugin. They see the site established on WooCommerce, for example. Mm-hmm. so what are you going to do go change everything if you change everything to, to save $100 a year to switch to another e-commerce system oh no I
2: mean listen look if you built your site on WooCommerce you're trapped I and mean, that, was, that, that was what was so clever about increasing the price like that because essentially they basically doubled what was coming in and uh, knowing that very few people could actually move and you know when you buy a plugin I mean let's face it look let's say you're buying a booking plugin and you look at well how much is this going to cost me and going forward how much is it going to cost me that's part of the calculation. So if you look and you say, oh, okay, the first year I'm going to have to pay $600 for the for the particular collection of plugins that I want, the particular collection of, of WooCommerce extensions that I want. But thereafter, it's going to be $300 a year. Okay, I can justify that. And then if you're suddenly told, having bought it on those terms and what you understood were those terms, to then suddenly be told, nope, it's going to be $600 every year now you know that's changing the terms under which you sold it but of course you know nobody's there's no union of woocommerce customers there's nobody going to turn around and and object but they are going to be paying double and automatic is taking in double the money that was expected so i mean in terms of business you can't fault it it's a way to double your profits it's pretty it's pretty smart yeah definitely
3: what i think they could have done differently given the massive customer base that they have is some aspect of grandfathering so the idea that existing customers remain on the previous pricing plan they had at least for a certain period of time mm-hmm. while new customers are given the new prices uh, but my hope is that given all this uh, that they're doing i mean increasing our price by double i really hope to see some major improvements in will mm-hmm. at least for the people who are using it
2: okay but but were those the, you know for the people using it i mean functionality price is a function you know, price is something it's a consideration it's a technical consideration in the sense that you have a customer who can afford X amount or you as a developer can afford X amount. you know I, I think that as much as, as performance is a, is, a, is a factor, I think price is a very prime factor, and so in a sense, in doubling the price they they have uh, impacted the overall package that it delivers if that makes sense and so it's, you know saying you know that you hope to see more functionality arise is that something is that really you really think that's going to feed more functionality you think they're going to hire more developers as a result
3: i think they'll hire more, i don't know if they'll hire more developers but even if it's less functionality if it's improved the ui improved user experience once more, more integrations i don't know what they can do with it i just hope that it's justified in somewhere another in the future but so far to me and to a lot of current customers, it's not justified.
2: I think Matt has said that they have doubled their, their support uh, team. So that is, I mean, I, you know, that's that's a huge cost.
3: Yeah, we believe in support a lot. So we, we strive to provide the best support we can. WooCommerce well, has heard many complaints about the support. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's definitely a positive. So if they can, it's, I guess it's a way to justify an increase in price. If it means you're going to reduce response time by a day or whatever.
2: Uh-huh, but you know, I'd be kind of worried. I'm a little bit worried about. It. I mean, we've already gone over the whole um woocommerce price increase thing uh, in in articles on WP Mayer. but the the only reason why I bring it up here is that to me, as I see WordPress moving into a position of or you know, as I see automatic moving into a position of more power, moves like that, you know, suddenly doubling the price and not grandfathering as as you said, I don't know. I kind of look at that and I kind of say, Okay, do they have that little, I mean, in your brain or my brain, I mean, if tomorrow you decided we have to increase the price of um, EDD bookings, uh, because the support burden, you probably would not increase the price for people who already had it, right? You'd probably say, well, look, we have to adjust the pricing, but we're going to grandfather people in. But that thought doesn't seem to be in the brains of the people who are, you know, who made that decision in, in automatic. So it kind of worries me that you could end up with a situation where just as the people who had already built their sites based on WooCommerce and were stuck, you know, who are basically a captive audience. I wonder if in the future that's something where WordPress through its massive dominance in terms of branding, through its massive dominance in terms of I mean it's it's clearly going to be the biggest. Are they going to start really squeezing that advantage? Are they going to start taking advantage of that? And that's my only worry. That's my only worry is, is that when somebody becomes a de facto monopoly that their entire attitude—that they find ways to justify moves that are deeply harmful to, to users.
3: It's gonna be an interesting time to see how far they're gonna take it. I guess.
2: I think so. <laughs> so, so what about WP Mail? What's what's happening with WP Mail these days?
3: So WP Mail is going strong. Uh, we have quite a few plans to improve this in the near future. Various aspects, being services, uh, the plug, the site itself, the user experience on the site, the services we're offering, are gonna be improved as well. It's an exciting time. We're focused more on the plugins right now. So Mayor is the next project we're going to undertake. But right now the main focus is on EDD uh, booking. Uh-huh. That's going to be our biggest project for 2017 for sure. We have our developers focused on us. We're working with Pippin with from EDD and all their team. But we've brought in uh, JS experts, designer, design experts. So we're trying to do it the right way. And that's uh, it's an interesting time for us because so it's a new take on how to approach development of a new plugin, at least for us.
2: Would you consider doing a hosted version of EDD bookings? Hosted version? Yeah. Is that something you'd consider doing? <laughs> How would that work? Well, you know the, the, the people would come to your thing and they could buy the plugin, or you could say, well, do you want us to set up an EDD site for you? We'll do all the stuff, we'll do all the plugins, and, and uh, you pay us X amount per month.
3: Well, that's good, story. So I guess we're building an extension for for Clipin's in and an EDD. So, mm-hmm. the, the managing of EDDs is also Clipin. That's a possibility
2: for him. No, 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 no. But I'm saying it could be a possibility for you because if somebody comes, well, so you're mainly selling through his site. You're not selling through your own. Ah, uh, okay. That, that It seems to me that that would be a service that people would buy. I, I know this because I've been involved in the, in the booking space for a long time. And I know that for the most part, people don't, you know, as much as we value the ability to run things ourselves or to do our own hosting, I think for the vast majority of people running hotels or running, you know, even I I think EDD bookings is more geared towards appointment bookings, right? Uh, Correct, So. Yeah. I could definitely see a situation where somebody running a beauty salon or, or a, a pet washing facility or whatever, that they would prefer to be able to just give you $40 a month and have you run it for them.
3: It's a possibility. It's a big undertaking because i imagining imagining so many sites at once. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's not on our plans right now, having us to do this, I mean, the focus is on getting bookings set up, getting the plugin ready and building on it because we have big plans for the coming year even longer, mm-hmm. introducing new features, new functionality. So the focus right now is there. If, if in the future, that does so well. let's decide. if it's worth offering that kind of service. Why not consider it? How,
2: how actually I have that? Actually, I could see that being a big deal for um, WP RSS aggregator as well. You know, in that, uh, I mean, I think a lot of what you do at the moment is actually, uh, you know, you run a service on your end to do some part of it, right? To do some part of the aggregation. By the way, for any listeners who don't really know, a WP RSS aggregator is a plugin that allows you To have a site that uh, grabs feeds from other websites and takes the content and basically runs it so for instance if you've got a an intranet uh, and you you have a company that's uh, involved in something like senior law uh, that you could be subscribed to all the major senior law blogs and you could consolidate in one place all the best articles that are that are coming out in in your in your niche and you can also if you're just running a site a public site you can also grab other people's content and spin it you can apply a spinner and uh, essentially have it made into fresh content that Google sees as being original, which of course is, a, is an important SEO trick. Uh, but is there, is there some part of that thing that you guys do on your service? Is that correct?
3: Yeah, so we offer a full text service. There's an add-on called Full Text RSS Feed ah, yeah, work, yeah, that yeah. works with a feed-to-post add-on. So basically, you're taking an RSS feed from any site, and importing it to your site as a WordPress post or as any other custom post type like of your choice.
2: Right, because some RSS feeds some RSS feeds only give you the first paragraph, the title and the first paragraph.
3: Correct. Yeah, the, the majority give you a short excerpt. Of,
2: of right. Page. So you're giving people the full article. And, uh, uh, and in order to get that, they have to be subscribers. They, you know, they can't just use a pirated version of RSS aggregator, right?
3: No, they need a valid license key. A so yearly license key and uh, you are have your 30% discount. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's something. That's the only add-on we have that requires a license key to continue functioning for life. Basically.
2: That sounds to me like, like a really obvious hosted service, like the whole thing. But it
3: is a, it is a hosted service, and it's not a service where you run it.
2: No, no, but what I mean is, is, is extending beyond that and saying to people, just we're going to run a website, and uh, you, you just select the, the sites that you want to follow, and we'll, you know, you'll, we'll, we'll host it, we'll have your site here, you can apply your own domain, but essentially you're going to get a site that's full of new content or full of content you know, taken from all these different streams i i could see that being something that a lot of people who who have no they've got great interest in seo but they've no interest in running their own site surely that there must be a big market for that
3: there can be we have had people request us we've had people request us build their, build their entire site but that's going way too far for right now We have had people request that we set up the plugin for them mm, yeah uh, so the requests are there they're not they're not as Common, as you might think. Oh,
2: really? Uh-huh. Okay. But it's the kind of thing that I think you could market. I mean, if you went into some of these uh, black hat sites or all of these, you know, these marketing, what do they call? Oh, I, you know, I used to read those sites, uh, WP Heroes or whatever the hell, you know, that that those are people who have high ambition and low technical skill. I think if you turn around to them and said, look, we can give you this monstrous site, this uh, this site that will just have loads of fresh content every day, and you're going to pay us $100 a month. I think there's a lot of people who jump at that. I
3: thought they were going to discuss with John. <laughs>
2: Yeah, okay. Anyway, no, no just, just discussing it. Okay, well, I, I think that's about it for this episode. What do you reckon? I think we've covered... Yeah, I think it's
3: good. There's, there's a, lot, a lot of questions in the air, and uh, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. I'm curious to see uh, how Twitter and uh, and the GitHub track tickets and everything are going to react in the next few days.
2: Do you think that all of that stuff is listened to? I mean, I mean, seriously, the people taking the decisions, do you think that the uh, the controversies that blow up on Twitter and on GitHub or whatever, do you think that on the whole, that they're responsive to that? I mean, I, I, I seem to get the impression that on the whole, there's a certain stubbornness at the top where people are not necessarily inclined to uh, to, to respond or to change course as a result of controversy.
3: Yeah, change course, I agree. I think there is a certain stubbornness at the very top of it all. Mm-hmm. Looking at some attract tickets, some of them have a lot of feedback. Uh, the, the, the admins, moderators, whatever they are, they, they reply every now and again. Yeah but I don't see things being introduced or included mm-hmm. uh, as organizations.
2: So, So in, in that sense, as a community or as a project, WordPress is not all that much responsive to the community?
3: I think it is, but it can improve on it.
2: I mean, do you think they're likely to improve on it? It seems like to, if that's the nature of the beast, then that's the nature of the beast.
3: When I see something like the telemetry ticket, for example, where it was just closed off even when telemetry was introduced in Gutenberg. Uh-huh. I mean... That, that makes you doubt it a bit. So if someone like, like Matt, like Matt Manoway closed up the ticket without reasoning, and his reasoning was that it, wasn't, it probably wouldn't give the feedback that, that we're thinking it would.
2: Uh-huh. And
3: that's the only reasoning behind it. Like, uh-huh. It doesn't make that much sense. Once, once it's removed from Gutenberg now, yeah, it makes sense. You have three focus areas. You're not going to introduce it at all. So, okay, in a way, it makes sense, even though I don't, I don't agree with it personally.
2: Uh-huh, okay.
3: But to see something being being removed just because someone thinks it's right, that doesn't make sense to me.
2: Welcome to WordPress. <laughs> 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 All right, okay, so we'll wrap it up there. Okay, good stuff, Mark.
1: Okay, this is Jan. I'm back here. And this was our first experimental episode. As I mentioned in the beginning, we had two guest hosts, Mark and Danica. So I'm gonna just go ahead and thank them for taking this opportunity and trying this out and hopefully we'll be able to refine this concept further in the future but please as a listener we would love if you could let us know what you thought of this um, you know experiment and what you thought about the topics that were discussed and if you have any questions doubts or whatever please let us know your feedback is very important for us And it gives us the motivation to keep on doing what we're doing. Obviously, we appreciate reviews on iTunes, so we haven't forgotten those. Please, if you like this episode and this podcast in general, please give us a good review on iTunes and we'll read out your reviews in the next episodes. Thank you very much and see you in the next one.